It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everybody, and welcome back to your source for fantasy hockey news. It's the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast, and I am joined, as always, by my esteemed co-host, Mr. Steele Roden. And on today's episode, we're taking a look at all of the top preseason hockey news. It's early, but these are going to have impacts on your squad. Penguins top power play, Coronado, Maple Leaf shuffling the lineup. Let's get this paper. You're locked on fantasy hockey, your daily podcast on fantasy hockey. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Thursday, everybody, and thank you for tuning in for the latest episode of the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. And thank you for making us your first listen every single day. This offseason has been a spicy one, Steel, but you know that we're just getting heated up, baby. And we're so, so close to puck drop. That's why on today's episode, we're going to take a look at some of what we've seen from the early preseason action. And this is one of those moments where a lot of GM Steel are going to start overreacting, but maybe some are going to underreact. I know that's really not a term, but there's some players in some situations that you and I have our eyes on that are worth a fantasy hockey conversation. We're going to talk about the Penguins pairing Eric Carlson and Chris Letang together on the top power play unit. I got a few questions for you on that one. Your boy, Matt Coronado, you talked about him months ago, Steele. Actually, at the end of the season, as a guy who's performed at every level throughout his career, and now is going to get a really good look, it seems, with the Flames performing already in the preseason. And lastly, the Maple Leafs is always something you and I try and stay on point with because it's so near and dear to our hearts. But the Maple Leafs had a lot of players go out the door. So Sheldon Keefe is getting creative here with trying to fill some of these holes. Austin Matthews playing the penalty kill. Willie Nylander switching to center. We'll talk about that as well. But I do want to throw it right over to you because you know that's what I like to do, Steele. This is a bit of a bold move. Eric Carlson and Chris Letang, to me, makes sense to separate and balance out this attack. But so far, what we're seeing from the Pittsburgh Penguins is deploying them together on the top power play unit. And so far from what I've heard, Steele, from Mike Sullivan, head coach in Pittsburgh, they're going to run this out at the start of the regular season as well. This just isn't a preseason thing. So we need to talk about it. And what are your thoughts on this? Well, I think they have to start it at the at the beginning Ooh. of the season, but I wouldn't be looking too much into this. And I say that they mm. have to start it at the I beginning of mean. the season because they don't have Jake Gensel right now. He's out for the first couple of weeks. When Jake Gensel comes back into the lineup, he will be he will be moving onto that top right mm. side of the blue line or you know down on the right hand side. He will be on the top power play unit. I cannot see. Uh, I cannot see the Penguins moving forward this season with Jake Gensel on the second power play unit and having two Agreed. defensemen in Chris Letang and Eric Carlson there. So at the beginning of the season, it makes sense. Preseason, it makes sense. You want everyone to get comfortable. You especially want to get Eric Carlson comfortable on the power mm-hmm. play in a new situation with Pittsburgh. But once the season gets going, they'll begin their little traction, little show for a uh, little show for the fans out there. But when Jake Gensel comes back, he will be right up there with Crosby, Malkin, and I don't know who it'll be. Will it be Chris Letang? Will it be Eric Carlson? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about that. But mm-hmm. Jake Gensel will be will be back on the top power play unit. 
couple of interesting stats to just throw out there. The Penguins ranked, you know, they were, we talked about this. The Penguins were very in the middle of the pack. Power play about 14th or 15th. Penalty kill, 21%. That was, fi- sorry, power play proficiency, 14th in the league. Yeah. Uh, clicking at 21%. Carlson notched 27 of his 101 points last year on the man advantage. And Latang had 21 power play points on the man advantage. So clearly both of these guys are elite on the power play. I don't think actually pairing them together is the move here. Maybe it is some way to garner some hype or just to really, like you said, see what it's like to run them out there together. Because the other thing I kind of wanted to highlight is the rest of what the Pittsburgh Penguins have on the back end is not exactly getting me fired up, Steele. As in, I don't think they need to load up on that top unit. They need to spread this out because Ryan Graves, Marcus Pedersen, Chad Ruedel, and Pierre-Olivier Joseph, I'm not here to hate on what Kyle Dubas is trying to do and what the previous GMs have done. But to me, it doesn't make any sense. But you can't help but wonder, if they do pair them together, how effective... And how many offensive points this power play might put up? Because we know, and like I just said, Latang, Carlson, they are two of the best QB power play D-men that have been, what, the last decade? Carlson, maybe even a little longer. So I understand that. What if it works, though? That's what I wanted to ask you. What if it works and they're dangerous? That could be scary. It might work for them, but it might not work for the other players on the blue line for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Again, like what you just said, they got to share the love. And I understand that, you know, they are paired together on the power play. They are paired together in preseason right now. But on daily faceoff, again, this is just on daily faceoff and on paper. It's actually Chris Letang and Ryan Graves' first deep pairing, Eric Carlson, Marcus Peterson second deep pairing so they're gonna have to spread that love they can't just again they cannot just uh they they can't afford Mm. to put both of those stars on the same deep pairing and let the other four defensemen suffer because they don't have that you know chemistry they don't have that uh you know awareness with each other um like like other defensemen have in the nhl so they're gonna have to share the love they're gonna have to spread the love between a lot of their star forwards and star defensemen yeah but to begin the season, I don't see a problem with it. We're going to talk a lot about what else we've seen from a couple of interesting subjects. One being the Calgary Flames, Matt Coronado. The other being what's going on with the Toronto Maple Leafs and them shuffling their lineup. And before we throw to break, there has been a lot to like about what Kyle Dubas has done, Steele. And I think I've yes. been a very big proponent of the ads of Riley Smith, even some of the smaller ones, Nolachari, Lars Eller, of course, Eric Carlson. We've really liked what Kyle Dubas has been able to do, but chemistry is chemistry, baby. And we haven't seen this new look Penguins team play. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of question marks headed into the season. It's just one of those things that I think GMs out there need to keep an eye on because let's say Eric Carlson and Chris Letang do get run out there at the start of the season and they do start clicking. That might be something to pay attention to in terms of what D-men are you playing with who? And also, if you were looking at the success of the Pittsburgh Penguins as well, if we're talking about bet steel, this is going to be a boom or bust situation, I feel, if they do run them out there together. Yeah, it probably will be a boom or bust. And we know you, you've been saying this for a long time, too, that this is the last stretch for the yeah. Pittsburgh Penguins in that group to go after a Stanley cup. They're only getting True. older. Chris Letang's health, mm-hmm. you know, has been a question mm-hmm. mark over the last couple of years. We want him to stay healthy and be safe, but it is a big question mark. It is a part of what's going on with the Pittsburgh Penguins group. Again, Crosby Malkin up there in age that, you know, this is one of the oldest teams 
in the NHL right now. They, they've got Jeff Carter still on their Good lineup. Point. You know, there's a couple of other guys down there that, you know, are maybe not so beneficial right now, mm-hmm. but because of how great that top six forward group is, you bring in Eric Carlson, you still have Tristan Jari, who I believe is still a stud goaltender in this league. Yeah, They've got one or two more years to really go deep and make a shot at the Stanley cup. But mm-hmm. after that, it's pretty much out of the, out of the, out of the question. Since breaking into the league in 2009-10, Latang ranks fifth in defensive scoring and Eric Carlson ranks first. So again, they might be onto something in Pittsburgh, but this is a shot at it while they're headed out. We're not headed out just yet, baby, because there's a few more topics that Steele and I want to break down on today's episode. But before we get there, tomorrow's episode, five bold predictions for this upcoming season. One of Steele and I's favorite preseason episodes. I know Steele's already chomping at the bit to toss some bold predictions my way. You guys know bold is my middle name. But you know that we got to pay these bills. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends at DoorDash. Missing the syrup for your pancakes or you just ran out of your favorite coffee creamer? With DoorDash Grocery Delivery, you get what you want right when you need it. Love the convenience of getting what you want right to your door? With DoorDash Grocery Delivery, you can stock up for the week or order last-minute cravings conveniently. Need fresh groceries but don't have the time to go to the store? Try the delivery from DoorDash. You'll get everything you want delivered right when you need it. Get 50% off your DoorDash order up to $20 in value when you use code LOCKED. At checkout, limited time offer, terms apply. That's 50% off up to 20 bucks, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKED. Don't forget, that's code LOCKED for 50% off your first order at DoorDash. What's up, guys? Trey Matthews of Locked on Devils here. And let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back. Wings for the game? Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey? Boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run could score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cash Back Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cash Back Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. And thank you so much for making the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast your first listen every single day. We are a part of the Locked On Podcast Network where you can find your favorite team from all four major sports leagues, including the NCAA. Your team every single day. And we... Flip and I are going to be talking about our team later in this episode for the last segment. Toronto Maple Leafs, what's going on with their lineup? Uh, shuffling the lineups. We know Sheldon Keefe mm-hmm. likes to do that. But first, got to talk about another Canadian team. The Calgary Flames have yeah. looked pretty decent so far in preseason. They've got, a ton, <laughs> they've got a ton of prospects in the lineup. And it looks like they'll be in the lineup for the beginning mm-hmm. of the regular season for the Calgary mm-hmm. Flames. But let's start with Matt Coronado, prospect of the Calgary Flames. Uh, two preseason games so far, absolutely dominated the first mm-hmm. one, had a hat trick for in a total of four points where they absolutely dusted the Vancouver Canucks 10 nothing. Uh, just an absolute gong show, a uh, very one sided game. But Matt Coronado, I've been talking about him for the last couple of weeks, last month at, at least. And to me, this is a draftable player towards the mm-hmm. end, at least towards the end yeah. of okay. the draft, and especially for keeper leagues. 
very much so for keeper leagues. But if you're in a year-to-year league, I think at least get him in the 17th, 18th round. I don't know how many rounds you're drafting in, Mm. but I would at least take a shot on Matt Coronado because we obviously expect the Calgary Flames to have a bounce-back season. You know, everyone pretty much just regressed. Uh, Nazem Kadri, Elias Lindholm, especially Mm. Jonathan Huberdeau and Jakob Markstrom and Mackenzie Wieger. We know the team's going to be better. We don't believe they're going to make the playoffs, but they're going to be a lot better than last year. And maybe if Markstrom can go back to how he was playing two, three years ago, they might have a shot at making the postseason. But with Matt Coronado, he's playing on that second line with Nazem Kadri. And I know we like this guy, Dylan Dube. Uh, is it Dube? You know, we talked about this a little it's bit. Dube. It's Dube. It's Dubé. Okay, Dylan Dube. Nazem Kadri and Matt Coronado <laughs> on the second. I'm going to get it eventually. I'm going to get it's it. It's okay. I say you just ride with it, Don Cherry style. Gonna, That's the I'm only way we want to be it. similar to Don, though. Otherwise, we're not down. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. we'll get it eventually. But anyways, Matt Coronado playing on that second line with Dubé and Nazem Kadri. Mm-hmm. And he's going to mm-hmm. get some looks up there maybe on the top line. Yeah. If Igor Govich doesn't pan out with Lindholm and Huberdo, he's going to get so much opportunity in Calgary. I really do see this kid jumping off the page. You know, he's probably not going to be in consideration for the Calder trophy, but I think there's a lot of things to keep your eyes on with this game, with the Calgary flames team. And even some of the other prospects, Walker Dewar, Adam Ruzitska, Jacob Peltier as well. All three of those guys make up the entire fourth line. So Calgary's got a ton of prospects coming into their lineup this, this, uh, this upcoming season. Mm -hmm. And I'm honestly very excited about how these players are going to bounce back and how these prospects are going to play alongside them. Pelche took a bit of a nasty hit the other night. I don't know if you saw that highlight. He kind of got crumpled up from behind. And it's one of those things that like preseason hockey is obviously just a run out to see what these teams have. And you can't help but feel like I really don't care, Steel, where your allegiances lie. Seeing a young player like Pelche get hurt like that in an exhibition game, I hope he's okay. I think the word is still out. But what you're saying about Coronado has me intrigued. Because this is a man who's five foot ten and is still already ready to make an impact in the NHL. And when there is a, a guy who's only five foot ten in today's NHL, and I know it's changing and it's not as physical and guys aren't as big, five foot ten means to me that you've been proving all your career so far that your offensive hands and your talent is silencing any doubt about what you can bring in the physicality department. And that has me intrigued because also when you read about this guy and you watch him play, he's always going, his motor is high. He makes up for his lack of size with his motion and his skating ability. And I'll say this, his shot, I think is his most underrated skill. He's got a great shot. Yes. And I think the winds of change are blowing through Calgary. The Sutter days are done. Last year was a huge disappointing season for the Flames. For obvious reason, Markstrom disappoints. Huberdeau is a shell of himself. That basically, steel, considering how many one-goal games that team lost, and I know it was the most in the NHL, was a disaster. So I think yeah. this team is going to be better, perhaps by default. But that means some of these good – and you mentioned Dewar. He's looking good, too. Get a piece of what's going on in Calgary – Probably more from the keeper dynasty side, like Steele said. But if you want to take a risk on someone at the back end of your year-to-year draft, why not Matty Coronado, who's looking like he's ready to bust? I think he is. I think he's hey. right there. I think he's right there on the edge, ready to just absolute, absolutely take off mm-hmm. and just see where this NHL career t- can take him with the Calgary Flames. And again, 
I, I expect I don't expect the Flames to make mm. the playoffs just because well there's a there's a yes. lot of good teams in the yes. West. They yes. can, they have a chance. I'm not saying they're completely out of it. No, I'm with you. But Steel. it really you. depends. It depends on if Jakob Markstrom mm-hmm. can get mm-hmm. back to the way he was playing two seasons ago, mm-hmm. and if Jonathan Huber Huberdo can get back to the way he was playing in Florida. I'm not saying he's going to yep. get 115 points. Yep. But at, you, you got to do more. You got to do more than what you showcased last year and shoot the puck, man. Shoot the puck. And right after that, I would say Mackenzie Weger and Nazem Kadri would be right at the top of that list for needing to be better for this team to succeed. And I think I just wanted to leave it at this before we head to break and head to our next topic or just head to our next topic, pal. You take it away. Is the Calgary Flames were 19th in power play proficiency and 19th yeah. in total goals scored last year. That's not going to be good enough when you see the teams at the top of the league scoring at will like they have. And you have teams that are going to be real offensive threats coming out of the West, like the LA Kings, the Colorado Avalanche. And let's not even forget about the Dallas Stars because, Steel, you and I haven't done our bets yet or had a look at those uh, future odds other than you. But when we get closer, the Dallas Stars and the Edmonton Oilers out of the West are going to be getting a little sprinkle of my money. And I think the Calgary Flames, though, with what's going on, I'm not saying cup. I'm not even close to saying cup. I'm just saying they're going to be better. And I love that you're targeting a guy in Matt Coronado. Also, let's be realistic that unless you're tuning in and you're tapped to the show, really good idea. Also, Matt Coronado is going to be overlooked and maybe he shouldn't be because he's going to get a really good look in that top six. I think a lot of Calgary Flame players are going to get overlooked. I've already seen mm-hmm. in a lot of mock drafts and even the even the drafts that I've done so far. Huberdo, Rasmus Anderson, Markstrom, a couple of those other guys have really slid Probably down Nas the board. Too. Nazem has definitely slid down the board. So those players are getting they're, they're getting drafted still, but they're getting overlooked and they're falling to rounds where I I didn't think that they would fall to. But that's just how it plays out for the Calgary Flames right now because it's up in question marks. But I expect them, we expect them to have a, a bounce back season. We also expect big things from the Toronto Maple Leafs. That is our next segment. We're going to get to get to all of the lineup shuffling, PK and power play. Mm-hmm. That's up next. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. But thank you so much for making the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast your first listen every single day. We appreciate all that love and support you show us Monday through Friday. Hit the subscribe, hit the follow button, leave a five-star review. We could not be doing this with all of our listeners out there. So thank you so much for tuning in. And yeah, let's get right into the nitty-gritty of things right now. Toronto Maple Leafs switching <laughs> switching some things up right now. You you did you, you know uh, you alluded to it in the first mm. segment that mm. obviously the Maple Leafs have lost a couple of key players yes. on special teams, specifically penalty kill, a yes. little bit of the power play, but they're starting to figure things out in the preseason. They're starting mm. to figure things out in develop development camp and just in practice in general. Where would you like to start off with? Because I know Austin Austin Matthews potentially mm-hmm. on the penalty kill. Yeah. There's some things I want to talk about the power play and even yep. Alex, uh, sorry, not Alex, William Nylander taking yeah. center position uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Let me just hit you with this. I know that 
Nolachari and Ryan O'Reilly came in at the deadline. Those are two amazing penalty killing pieces. And then yeah. you lose Alex Kerfoot as well, who had a lot of his game, had a lot of holes in it, but he was a very good for checking penalty killing forward and you lose all three. And now you lose some teeth to your penalty kill. That was 12th in the NHL. And when you have a power play steal that right behind the historically good Edmonton Oilers, the Leafs were the best power play unit in the league last year, and that is their bread and butter. And I think power play and penalty kill is going to be the key for this team's success other than the obvious, and that's in the crease. So if they can maintain what's going on on the penalty kill, I think that's going to be so important. And I think that's why you're seeing this conversation about a player like Austin Matthews being a part of the penalty kill unit. But maybe when you dig a little deeper, it makes a whole lot of sense because Austin Matthews ranked fourth among all forwards in block shots since entering the league at 443, and he's fifth in takeaways. So what you've said a lot of the time is some people are starting to forget that Matthews has rounded his all-around game into form. He blocks shots. He's willing to lay the body. He's pushing forward on the penalty kill, on the four-check story. And he has clearly developed that two-way game. This makes a whole lot of sense for two reasons. The fact that his yeah. game is rounding into form and they have holes to fill. But I think what I want to say is your best players need to be your best players in whatever situation you throw them out there for the most part. Of course, you're going to have your specialists. You're going to have your power play specialists. You're going to have your penalty kill specialists. But when it comes to a guy like Matthews and we know his talent ceiling is so high, he should be out there in my opinion, Steele. And I think, Deployed in the correct position. I don't want to see him on PK1. I want to see him on the PK2, and I want his minutes limited because he is here to score goals. But I love the fact that they're trying this, and also it's a bit like it's a need, right? They need to be doing this. Yeah, and it also goes to show uh, the coaching mindset behind the penalty kill itself. You know, you look at some of the other teams. You know, I want to go to the LA Kings with Anze Kopitar, uh, mm. Vancouver Canucks last year, and even with the New York Islanders, Bo Horvat and his success on the penalty kill, getting shorthanded goals. It's not all about just getting the puck out of your zone and clogging up the neutral zone, cutting them off so you can dump the puck back again. It's about trying to find those uh, those key takeaways so you can potentially get a breakaway or potentially get it to him. When obviously, you're, de you're defensive-minded first because you're on the right. PK, but if right. you can get an opportunity, you want those best players out there. That's why Mitch Marner's out there on the penalty kill because he's go. crafty, he's fast. He passes the puck behind Back. for his for the, you know, for the the uh, the man trailing him. That's why some of these shifty, creative minds are also on the penalty kill because mm -hmm. they are able to anticipate the takeaway and get those opportunities. And getting Matthews on the penalty kill yeah. from time to time could be very yeah. key for the Toronto Maple Leafs moving forward. You know what's interesting, Steele, is, and I'm going to go off on a little tangent here because what you just <laughs> said, I'm absolutely loving. But I don't know if I sent you that uh, statistic of like a poll recently of the most hated franchises. Did you see yes, that you one? Yes, you did. Yes, you did. He's at the top. And when I've just, you know, I've been looking at Austin Matthews numbers and I was wondering if I wasn't a Leafs fan, would I be so high on this player? And when you look at the stats, I'm straight up embarrassed for hockey fans that are out here taking shots at Austin Matthews just because of the team he's on. Because I think people need to really wake up and dig into the numbers because this kid has been nothing but one of the best players in the league since entering. And now, with his game rounding into form, we're still seeing the hate. And you and I had a very heated debate, speaking of heat, 
about Matthews's performance last year. And yeah. I said it wasn't bad. I said it was disappointing. And you and I had some disagreements. And that's okay because I understood both sides. But when you look at actually his numbers, if last year was, and I think you respected at least some of what I was saying, some people might call it disappointing. But if you are going to call it disappointing, 40 goals, 85 points, 327 shots on net, and his giveaway-takeaway ratio still solid. He's blocking shots, and he's throwing hits. I don't want to hear any more slander about Austin Matthews ever, because if you are, that's just you being a hater, and I implore you to do a bit more research and watch a little bit more hockey, because I think, Steele, this guy is going to go off this year. I'm saying 100-plus points, and I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, baby, because he needs to be. He needs to be that good. Hey, most of, most of the hate probably comes from the Ottawa Senators fans. Hey. They just they just they hey. just love to hate out on Austin Matthews and the Toronto Maple Leafs. We got a couple Mom, more man. things that we want to talk about real quickly before Quick. we wrap this episode up. Will William you? Nylander taking the center position on the mm. third line, yeah. centering as of right now Robertson and Max Domi. I don't mm. think that's going to mm. last. I think his I think his true uh, position is on the left wing. Uh, that's what he's born to do. He's been great there or left wing or right wing. doesn't matter which side, but he can't no. be centerman. I, I just don't like him in the center position. Honestly, mm. uh, I'll leave it at that. I think he's mm -hmm. honestly just better on the wing and he can move up and down the lineup instead of playing on the third line center. There was 19 NHL players last year that scored 40 or more goals. And William Nylander yeah. was one of them. And speaking of guys who get too much hate, <laughs> William Nylander does not have an all-around game. Should it develop? Yes. Should he be one of those guys that does it all? Maybe, but that's not his game. And he is an elite goal scorer, and I'm just a little bit worried, Steele. You've played hockey. I've played enough. The center position has more responsibility. The yeah. center position has to be more aware on the ice, and they better be that first guy back, backing up the demon. And Willie has the wheels. I just don't think he has the hockey IQ. And he's I don't scared. Want, he's scared to get in the take corners. away from his 40 goal ability. So yeah. why are you laying more responsibility on the man? Put him on the wing, find another guy to play up the center and let this guy do his offensive studliness, which clearly can be 40 plus goals. I'm with you. And I think this is one of those cases of, of Keith tinkering a little bit too much. And I know, again, this is trying to address a need. Nolachari gone. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly gone. Some of these pieces gone. They're going to have to get a little creative, but I don't think this is the move where actually, when I look at the other bold move of Matthews going on the PK, that one makes a lot of sense to me. This one I'm not loving as much. So also before you start buying into Willie up the middle and drafting him as a center, he's going to get busted over to that wing pretty soon <laughs> steal. And you might get pooched on that situation. If someone does bank on Willie as a centerman. I, I think he will be moving over just so everyone is aware of that. He most likely will go over to the wing position. Mm -hmm. Don't look into him continuing as a centerman. I don't see him being that third line center. He is, he's supposed to be playing in the top six group. It's just, it's just the way it's supposed to be yeah, right come now on. Uh, for the, uh, for William Nylander, the Maple Leafs real quick. Last, last topic right now. And it's going to be mm. real quick. Okay. John Klingberg potentially Whoa. on the first power play unit. It's going to mm. be Morgan Riley. 
Uh, you know, it could flip, uh, could go back and forth between the two, but even the second power play unit of Domi, Matthew Nyes, Bertuzzi, Yarncroke, and Klingberg, if that's the second power play unit, I don't hate it whatsoever. I would like to see Klingberg, uh, get some, get some opportunity and some time up there on the PP one, get a right shot defenseman up there. And this is an honorable, 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 bold prediction. John (laughs) Klingberg, 50 points this season. Ooh, ooh. Okay, two things there. First part I'm going to somewhat disagree with because Morgan Riley has earned that role as the number one quarterback on that power play. But considering how good we think the Leafs are going to be and how solid we think that second power play is, and that might be debatable around other circles, but that's not us, Steele, because we're buying into it and we're drinking the Kool-Aid, baby. (laughs) I think 50 points is fine for John Klinberg because he's just – underperformed his ability and talent is there that's a fact that doesn't leave you it's just your ability to get it done that does so let's see what he can do this year hopefully rejuvenated hopefully now with a really offensive minded club and i'm not saying the minnesota wild aren't offensively minded but let's be real steel and you can all they really are though they're not the toronto maple Leafs when it comes to their ability on the power play and that's what klingberg does so i'm with you on that prediction I, again, though, like the balance of having him on the second power play unit. Although, Morgan Riley struggles and Klinberg starts to click. You know Keith is shuffling that lineup quicker than you can say Mark Giordano's birthday, baby. And that's all that matters. And honestly, Steel, five bold predictions tomorrow is going to be a fun one. It's going to be a great episode. We always love doing those bold predictions because we like seeing if it ends up panning out the way we thought it would. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for making the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast your first listen every single day. Make sure you're tuning in Monday through Friday, 7 o'clock in the morning Eastern time is when you can find all of our episodes. Thank you again so much for tuning in for today's episode with Flip and I. Have a great day. Good luck with all your bets out there. And we shall see you back here again tomorrow. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.